Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Getting Salty Experience Podcast. Hello, Jason Cologne, 21 Truck Tillman. It's his birthday today. Give a little Happy shout birthday, out. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday, Jason. How old could he be? Like 50, 40? What a, I'll bet you he's... Uh, he's uh, maybe 37. he's not even that in inches, though. He's, he's probably less than 40-something inches in height. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't even know if he's in the chat tonight, that little midget. I didn't see him yet. How you like that? Me calling somebody a midget, right? Isn't that? That's, uh, <laughs> that's a ball water. Yeah. Pot kettle black. Pot kettle black. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and happy Hanukkah to all Jewish yeah, friends. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Yes. Gonzo, uh, Gonzo, where's your uh, yarmulke? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get that for a minute. Throw that on. What are you we doing? to do the... Uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to play a song. I can't wait. I can't see it, man. Nobody gets upset. <laughs> People are gonna be like Gonzalez. My man, my, my, it's not Gonzalewitz, is it? It's Gonzalewitz, yeah. Gonzalez. <laughs> when you met your old lady, I heard you half Jewish, only the good half. But we got another squad eighteen guy, Eddie Tankro, just showed up in the group. He did. Well, yeah. God bless you, Eddie. I know uh, Mikey Milner's in there. Happy Hanukkah, Mikey. Love you, Mikey. Eddie What's that guy on the show? Eddie has a lot. He worked rescue four firefighter. I'll Eddie get his information. Yeah, we got to get Eddie on the show. Definitely got to get Eddie on the show. I'll get him. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Yeah, there he is. Where is yeah. he? Who is he? Uh, actually, Mikey Milner got me on next guest. He's a very intriguing guy, man. Like uh, Renaissance man, if yes. you will. Uh, Multi talented. Multifaceted, that's the word. Multi, uh, well-rounded. I like, I like that one. Right? Well-rounded. No, no, I'm well-rounded. He's well-rounded here. He's oh, well-rounded in here, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess, actually, I say this all the time, man. Like, the talent that firemen have, it's incredible, right? What, some of them leave the job. Like, uh, we had um, Scotty Burrick, right, right, In uh, Squad 288. Scotty was uh, a fireman in Squad 288. He knew what, like, he was a talented a technical rescue guy. He was ultimate fireman. Yeah, he left the job early because he wanted to take care of his family. He had found a way to. Um, he was. Do- he became a stunt man, 
and Hollywood started his own stunt company, and now he's he's doing it out in Hollywood on I can't big movies like he's in blockbuster movies rigging. Sometimes you see him in a movie, sometimes he's in extra movies. Uh, but uh, I was I was going to start a segment called Second Job Bob and these guys who had second jobs who turned out to be uh, another career. Um, so I, just the talent and fireman is just amazing, bro. I don't know what my talent is. I haven't found it yet, but uh, I'm still looking. Yeah, I, my, my talent is just breaking windows and breaking balls in the kitchen. I, I, now I'm, I'm useless. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> now he's on the show here. There you go. Well, Ruffy is on his way back. He should be. He should be close to being home by now, man. He drove. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they have a snowstorm up upstate New York? I don't know. Did no, they? he's he's out uh, he's out in Iowa, West Dumpfuck or wherever he is. I thought they were yeah, in Iowa. Kind of snow out that way last night when he was, said he was leaving. I was like, oh, oh. really? Yeah, no, there was a little bit of snow upstate, but not anything mm. to impede travel. I don't even know. Did he get anything? Did he shoot anything? Yeah, he didn't even send us a pick. Well, he did upstate before he went out west. Right. You know, but he spent a lot of money to go on big deer in Iowa, right? Yeah. Thing, he showed me a picture of a coyote he was going to shoot because it was it was killing some of the deer. But <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see when he's back. He's back on Monday. We got Mo Davis from Texas. Big Mo, Mo Davis. Davis from Texas. Texas. Guy. You know what they say about guys from Texas, right, Ray? What do they say? Everything's bigger in Texas. Ah, there we go. Weirs and steers come from Texas. I don't see anyone. <laughs> well, maybe he has horns on. We'll see. I don't know Maybe he's, uh, he's got horns, mate. Oh, boy. All right, let's do some commercials first before we get uh, our uh, Renaissance man in here. He's a singer, too. Singer and artist. Uh, yeah. Stella. I mean. The, the less part of the brain guy. You know, he, he can, a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah. Another, another fellow Jew. He actually yeah. wrote a very uh, funny uh, – what's the name of his song that he's going to sing tonight? Merry Jewmas? Merry Jewish Christmas. Merry Jewish Christmas. Mike Milner calls him another uh, Hebrew hammer. Hebrew yeah. hammer? <laughs> Hebrew hammer. That was that the Mike Milner quote. Mm. He, I wish I had something that was small, Hebrew hammer. You do. <laughs> you got something small. Yeah, you're looking down. I was like, hey, you're looking in the right direction, bro. I got my draw here of goodies. Yeah, that's trying to find out. I don't need a magnifying glass. All right. Whatever that person, I can't even go back to that. Zolowitz is probably the best. All right, here we go. Established in 1930 and under the current ownership since 1987, the New Jersey Fire Equipment Company handles a complete line of fire department equipment and supplies. Headquartered in Greenbrook, the company operates full 3M Scott service facilities in Ridgefield Park and Toms River, staffed by 10 fully authorized Scott certified technicians with a fleet of six fully equipped service vans. All New Jersey fire technicians and sales representatives are active or retired firefighters, officers or chief officers, career and volunteer. They understand the business and the importance of their work. New Jersey Fire has represented Scott since Earl Scott entered the SCBA business at the end of World War II. Among other leading manufacturers represented by New Jersey Fire are Globe and Firedex Turnout Gear, Mercedes Hose, Task Force Tips and Akron Brass, Hygienol, Firehooks, Arctic Compressors, MSA Carnes Helmets, ChemGuard Foam, Alkalite and Duo Safety Ladders, 
BPA face shield protectors, Truckman's Choice saws, Grove's gear racks and washer dryers, SuperVac fans, RPI, Streamlight, and many others. A New Jersey incorporated and based company, sales and service are limited to the state of New Jersey. Find us now at www.njfe.com. That's www.njfe.com. Excellent. <laughs> well, what are you laughing at? I was going back through uh, Paul's comment. Was he, my name? Godzilla Baum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, Johnny Walters is in the chat. Yeah, we saw JW in there. Yeah. All right. All right, let's see. Let's get the last one out of the way. Right. It is a book that will perhaps go down as the report from Engine Company 82 of our generation. They Saved New York, written by Glenn Uston and Dan Potter, a retired New York City firefighter, explores the men and women of the FDNY and their respective journeys into the department. From everyone, from firefighters on the fire floor to those who were in positions of command, such as lieutenant, captain, and chief, and so on and so forth, this book explores their stories told through their perspectives. Each story differs, but the mission is the same. And the common theme is this. Those that put their lives in the line to save their fellow New Yorker, no matter the cost, no matter the situation, whenever they were in need. Get your hands on this book today. You will not regret it. Written by, once again, retired New York City firefighter Dan Potter and the concept of photography provided by the one and only Glenn Usden, a member of the Firebell Club in New York City. They saved New York, the men and women of the FDNY. If you'd like to purchase the book, you can do so at theysavedny.com. That is, again, www.theysavedny.com. You know what? Let's pull up the old school gift of the day, bro, because it's Christmas, and Getting Salty's got a new hoodie out, so you might want to check this out. We got the, this is the old school? You want that gold school, that one right there. Oh, come on. That was the one from last the other day, bro. Get with yeah, it. I wanted to make sure you didn't want to show both. Can you make that bigger? No, I have to uh, reload it, but I'll work on it in uh, while we're uh, having some conversations. It's a I'll black and red hoodie. It's uh, high quality. It's Of course it's high quality. High so quality. Get on it. Get on it. And also, go back to the uh, cigar box, bro. It's humidor. You can have your name, your company, whatever you want engraved on that bad boy. It comes with a cigar cutter partner store with it as well. Does it? Does that come with a, a humidification system? It does. Oh. Yep. Oh, uh, well we're, we're not skipping on anything, brah. Nah. No way. Nah. Need to keep. Need to keep things moist. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, give me the. Did you get that text that I just sent you, guns? Oh man. No well, that we'll do that for the end of the show. Because the voice, it got me all nostalgic. My boy Petey, the old, you know, Petey producer, opened up his gun shop. We want to give him a little plug. Did he really? Yes, he Where did. Is, on Long Island, I hope. It's out by you. Oh, then I got to go. Yes. Uh, so we'll we'll throw that up at the end of the show, and we may yeah. have him sit in one night just to catch up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. We should we should go go to dinner or lunch or something just to uh, get him out of the house. Yeah. Well, we're going to dinner when Tank comes. So if you want to come on down, Ray. Yep. Count me in. I'm in. Yep. Oh, somebody said free. It's for Ray. <laughs> it's for me. me. You got to bring your old lady, though. It's couples. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, paused. Was here for a minute. <laughs> he paused for a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now let's get him in here. Let's get the guy. Let's get the, the man of the hour. I see he's got a bunch of squad 18 guys in there. And uh, you know what? You bring him in, Gans. You do it. All right, I'm just going to make sure. I hope I don't butcher his last name. But you know what? 
Welcome to the stage, everyone. Mr. Squad 18 Firefighter Richard Navasky. Navasky? Did I say it right? Navasky? 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 Say it. Navasky. Navasky. Okay. You guys got the I got the I, but it's there. It's hiding. Navasky. Uh, I think uh, he might be doing something else in there with that psychedelic backdrop he's got there, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is the cave oh, that I got. The cave that I never actually used. I set it all up as if I was going to, though. But it's, is who, who did the, uh, the artwork in the background? There? Uh, it, it's a uh, a tapestry, and you know, I figured it was better than a blank wall in my, uh, you know, my regular spot that I would have been sitting. You know, it's very Can good. I say that this man was uh, artistic, bro? He's he's <laughs> every other guy's got a cinder block wall back there, and this guy, a Renaissance man, he's gonna put a little. I figured you painted it or something, you know. Or uh, loose curtains. <laughs> you, got, you guys use the word uh, talent a little loosely with me, but, uh, you know, so I, do. I, quite, uh, I, got a lot, I got a lot of text about you today saying that you're a talented uh, dude, man, for a firefighter. So uh, let's get patriotic first, bro. <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This is why I love the brothers. Look at this one. <laughs> I was just going to pull that one up. <laughs> Chinese takeout. <laughs> nice shot, Ryan. Well done. <laughs> back me up, bro. I really do. All right, Rich. Before we get uh, into your firefighting career, uh, where'd you grow up? What made you want to be a fireman? And we got to talk about the whole sailing thing, too. What were you doing before you came a fireman? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a Baltimore born and raised. You know, I was... Uh, you know, graduated high school, graduated, you know, gradually got graduated college there and stuff. And, uh, um, I wound up, I, I was, well, I'll skip ahead past the sailing story for a second, but, uh, you know, I moved up to New York as a friend of mine had offered me a job and I was, you know, I was doing nothing. I was just bouncing around, you know, doing, um, this job and that job and stuff. And so, you know, I got there and I thought, uh, you know, I wonder how you become a fireman. Like I wasn't the kid that grew up wanting to be a fireman. I just, you know, the idea struck me and I said, oh, I wonder how you become one. I, oh, look, there's a sign. You, uh, you sign up right here to take the test. I figure they give the test every couple months, you know? And so, you know, with a lot of things I do in life, uh, you know, it comes with a lot of luck and I just had some good luck with having the idea at the exact right time. So for, I'm sure most of the listeners know, but you know, they give that test every four years or so. And, you know, I just happened to look into it at the right time, you know? What, where were you living in Baltimore? What part of Baltimore? I grew up in um, in the northwest suburbs uh, in the Baltimore County. You know, if you if you know Baltimore County, it's just like a kind of like a donut around the city. And um, uh-huh. and then I then I lived uh, in North Baltimore in the city for about five years before I moved up to New York. Was that right. like because uh, they do some work down there, bro? Some of the some yeah. of the area down there is like a shithole. I, I had no it, the fire department wasn't even on my radar at that time though. So I, I one kid I grew up with was I, I only had one kid I knew that was a buff, you know, and he uh. You know, he, I'm still, you know, I'm actually, I'm going to see the Ravens game with him this weekend, you know, but, uh, you know, he, Howard, I would say, can I say his name? Howard Shea. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. One of the best. So. Is he, is, is he on a job down there? Is he a volunteer? Or? He's actually one of the very few. I mean, there may, maybe even the only one at this point, he's an auxiliary fireman down there. He's been doing it forever. And uh, so he, you know, he, he, he's rides with the, you know, he has, he's assigned to a house, but he's, but he goes as the, uh, the auxiliary, you know, where he's, you know, yeah, like they used to have, in you know, like we had the guy in uh, 292 when I first got there, uh, Hank. 
I don't know if you, if Ray, if you probably, probably. No, he was, uh, I would say before him. Yeah, I was gonna say he's probably long. Yeah, yeah. But most of the guys are are like you know ancient. You know, like, like your guys' age. You know, like uh, you know. But, ancient. Uh, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? You got these. Yeah, in there quick, bro. He's a comedian too. I didn't know that one. Yeah, honest <laughs> comedian. So, oh, man. so that's hence I guess why you're a Baltimore fan. Yeah, can't resist. You know, I, I heard you're a hardcore Baltimore fan, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll fight people for it. You know, yeah. <laughs> the stadium's in a shit mess of a neighborhood too, man. Over there, the the stadium, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, you. You walk a couple blocks in the wrong direction, and you better turn around quick. You know. Yeah. So what are you doing? You're flying all the way there for the game? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm 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 a lunatic. You know, but it's. I, I get every year I go to one game, you know, so it's uh oh, it's not like you own a you know multiple games. Do you still have family uh family there? Not really, you know. I, my my family's actually out here, which is uh, I'm in Colorado, you know, which is uh kind of uh the the driving force of what we were looking for a place to go, and it just was kind of like a path of re least resistance, you know, to go uh and you know it's good to be near family too, because you know right. where were you living yeah. when you were in New York on the job? Uh, you know, I bounced around the boroughs for 10 years. I was in Park Slope. I was in Harlem. I was in uh, Long Island City and Bay Ridge. And then I moved out to Bethpage and I lived there for 14 years when my wife got pregnant. She would, you know, look for a house and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, that's close to you, ain't it, right, Bethpage? Yeah, next, uh, yeah, right next door. I, I yeah. think you're... Uh, didn't your I think your brother was it your brother that had the deli there, Ray? Yes, yeah. My brother was part of a deli there, yeah. yeah. Right, right on uh, the main, main. Yeah, right on Broadway. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, he made, made a good sandwich, right? Yeah, he did. Oh, I, I never met a sandwich I didn't like. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Chicken cutlet hero. Oh. And then, you know, the problem with being there, you know, you run into people like Richie Resto a little too often, you know. But uh, oh, another squad. Just getting rich. If you're listening, if you're listening, I'm sure he's listening because he, you know, he, he can't resist anything that has to do with the uh, fire department. So, so all right. So tell us before you came up here to get on the job. Tell us about the sailing thing that you did. Oh yeah. So you know, I was. Uh, I was, you know, I was working in a boat here, just doing um, grunt work and you know, uh, scraping barnacles and that kind of stuff, you know, just, um, and uh, just, there was this guy, he had, uh, he had been sailing around the world at that point for 17 years. He was a Polish guy. He built this, this sailboat out of steel. Literally, it was, a, um, it was like a, a, like a battleship of a sailboat. And, uh, and he had, he was wintering his boat there for, uh, for the winter, you know, and um, I just overheard him talking about, he was getting ready to sail back across and he was taking people, you know, so I, uh, you know, I kind of made an inquiry and, you know, three weeks later, I was, I'd never been sailing before either. You know, I wasn't a sailor. I just worked at the boatyard, you know? And uh, so I was like, I can't resist. I mean, how, how do you, how do you pass up an opportunity like that? As crazy as it is, you know? So, so um, like I say, three weeks. That's later, why he's a renaissance man. <laughs> not, not afraid to try things. You can't, you can't hide, bro. You know, you can't hide from adventures and things like that. Cause you know, you, otherwise you, you know, you just wind up. So you you know, sailed where? Things go by, you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I sailed. So from Baltimore down to Norfolk, Virginia, we stayed a couple of days to get some last stuff done and then just had to do, do East. And, uh, and we went, um, like we, we went to sleep that night, woke up in the morning in a storm and, and the storm stayed with us for about over a week, like, like literally sideways hail. Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to, on a break or whatever, I'm going to send you a picture. Cause I got a great shot. I should have sent it to you. It's a great shot of me on the boat that my friend uh johanan who was the only other guy that didn't speak polish on the boat uh it was there were seven of us on the boat they spoke polish the whole time i i, I learned three words you know or so when i was there you know i'm not 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 the brightest uh student you know but uh and um but uh anyway so yeah we got we went uh three weeks it took us to get to the azores which is about you know two-thirds of the way across or so and then um and then it was another two weeks from the Azores. We stayed there like two days or something. And then another two weeks to get to Spain, Cadiz. And then we went down the Strait of, through the Strait of Gibraltar and then just went 
like for eight days or so. You knew nothing about sailing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I learned a little. Oh, like like crazy. So you know, so that first week when we were in that storm, I'm gonna. I'm talking, so I'll do it in a minute. But I'll send you that picture because you could see the size of the waves. It was like literally ten to thirty foot waves for a week straight, and I was as sick as I've ever been in my life. You know, but um. But you know, I just kept going with somebody had said one of the guys on the boat said three days, three days, and you'll be fine. So I was like, please, you know, and showing up in yeah, three days, like my it's like your equilibrium just figures it out or whatever. And and uh, I felt fine after that. But man, but those three days were some of the toughest days of my life. Oh my god, I can't go on a fishing boat and I get uh, sick. It's, it's, I, and I, I will to this day if I go on a boat, I'll get a, like a fishing boat, I'll get sick. But like, uh, man, I, I was, you know. I always would say, if not for the love of my mother, I would have jumped overboard. I was. I was <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Let me see if I get this straight. So you went for, I guess it was five weeks in rough thirty-foot waves. Well, well, that was just that was just a week. That then then we got. Ah, uh, just uh, just a week of that. Uh, on a boat where <laughs> nobody spoke English, right? They they could. They I just. Where do I sign up for that, bro? Yeah, no, it, it was Listen, tough. Great idea. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> you, you, you spend a lot of time in your mind when you're in a situation like that. You know, you're looking around and all you see is horizon, and it's amazing, but it's also you lose your mind. You know, I'm sure. Did you have like duties on the boat that you had to do? Yeah, yeah, like we all we all were on a rotation at the wheel, you know, and uh, you know, and it was like kind of before GPS, like that. There were GPS technology was kind of just coming around. It was '95, I think it was was and um and uh you know so we i would just hold the wheel looking at this compass you know no, you know and i the whole time i'm just doing this back and forth you know and you know the other guys there's other people on this that actually knew how to sail and they kind of get it set right and they kind of do little adjustments and stuff but i man my you know, we do two hours at a time and i'd be that whole two hours i'm just going back and forth just trying to keep that that bow from you know pointing in the right direction and stuff and you know we uh the storm was terrible but it was but it was exciting we actually made the best time of the whole trip and going over those kind of waves and stuff and then um and then like later when we between the azores and spain we hit a, a doldrum which is when the there's no wind whatsoever and uh and for two two or three days i think it was three days we went like 12 miles man it was it was that i'll take the storm over that anytime you know because you'd really lose your mind you know but uh you know like i we all went swimming in the ocean like in the middle of the ocean at that point but which is the, the creepiest scariest thing you can imagine you know i did like i dove off did a lap around the boat and it was like the, all of a sudden the boat was the size of a like a, a football field it just it felt like i was never going to get to back to the ladder again you know i just i'm seeing like giant tentacles coming up toward me and stuff you know? <laughs> so how long did you stay in spain then uh i didn't really stay that long i didn't have a whole lot of money with me either you know so like i uh I, I got to I got off the boat in the Valeris Islands and I uh, took a ferry to, to Valencia and I had this big plan. I'm going to travel Europe. But I had this. Um, but did he talk to a volleyball? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so like I'm walking around with this giant duffel bag. I didn't even have a backpack and I'm trying you know, so I, I traveled for like a like a week and then i uh then i flew home from there so i was i was going oh, you flew home i was gonna say holy shit, back that I, way. I, I, yeah I, I knew that all along i knew he was staying and i was i wasn't staying in europe i was just trying to get a wild experience out of it god i just sent you a picture <laughs> i just can't make a, give me a few oh, minutes are you fucking I'm, gonna, me? I'm gonna dig up this picture can, should I, can I text this might be the one enzyme just enzyme just sent it to me oh, okay maybe it's the same one it it might be. Be. give me a couple seconds here yeah, that looks, like, that looks like a whole bunch of fun to me, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was. I'm gonna, I'll show you if that, if it's, a, I'm gonna send you this picture just in case it's not the same one. But, uh, but uh, I'm gonna show you something in that picture that's that you're gonna be pretty impressed with. Probably the most impressive thing of the whole trip. Did you text uh, it to me? 
I, I did. I did, I did oh, it go through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you look, if you can see, uh, you know, it's the same one that ends. With yeah. Yeah. That's one. Of, yeah. Yeah. So if you look at those two back rails, you know, in the back center of the boat, and if yeah. you, if you kind of look, you can see the top one arches back, you know, or like it's like got an arch in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the thing about that boat was it had a bathroom, but the bathroom didn't work, you know. So, like, so that's that was the bathroom, you know. We, you know, in those waves too, you know. I would you'd, you'd sit on that thing and hang your ass over the ocean and just you know let it fall as fast as you could, you know, with somebody standing right in front of you steering the boat. And it was, you know, there was one woman on board too, you know, but like she was uh, she was actually like the second um, most experienced sailor on the boat, other than the uh, the captain himself. But, uh, yeah, that is that. Yeah, that looks like a load of fun to me, bro. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it was miserable. head. Yeah, on, yeah. On, 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 life experience, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess you can see, you can see from an early age that my head was never quite screwed on straight. You know, <laughs> I can see myself. Well, maybe, maybe just a little. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Adrift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You do anything else that might be of interest like that before you get on the before you get into the fire department career? Man, I, probably. I you know my, my you know my brain is also the kind of brain that you can drain spaghetti through. So you know I don't have I don't have too, too much like access to, to all these so, like points. Was, you know? was the Polish girl good looking this? at least? What's that? Was the Polish girl good looking at least? Oh, uh, she was. Um, I, you know, I, I can't remember because at that time, even though she was younger than I am now, I thought she was a lot older. So I was like, you know, and the truth to be told, there was this kind of secret. Um, <laughs> was it a naked Spanish? Thing? <laughs> 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 but there, there was a, uh, there was another guy on board that was, I, you know, I won't say his name, even though I have no idea if he's even living dead or whatever. You know, I haven't talked to him in thirty years or whatever. But, um, but he was married, and we were up, you know. 100% sure that they had a little thing going on and stuff like that. So it's well, like, what happens in the middle of the Atlantic States? Yeah, yeah, the Atlantic States. <laughs> this is what they say about zip codes. I don't even think there are zip codes out there. So, no. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, man. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. All right. So let's go back again to uh, you take the test, right? And, yeah. and yes. you get on, you, you go to probing school when? Uh, February 4, 2001 is when we started. So I was a, the first class of 01. Top of the list, as they call us. Top of the list. So, what was your list number? One eight seven. Oh, you, wow, you weren't. Oh, I was two fifteen. You beat me, man. Yeah, you see that? You see that's yeah. Uh, it's the brain. So you did well on it, man. I don't, got the muscles, I don't got the muscles that you got, you know. Somebody, but somebody didn't really have, you know, so it wasn't something like, oh, I got to do this. This is what I want to do my whole life. He was like. Yeah. Oh, I think I'll take it. Yeah, accidental. <laughs> like everything I do in life, sailing across the ocean, becoming a fire, accidental. You know, 
<laughs> all right. I just, I just, I'm like Forrest Gump. I just dopely just walk along, and I, and things, you know, fall on my lap sometimes. You know. Oh, shit happens. Uh, so who was in your probie class? Anybody that uh, we might know? Or? Um, let me think. I mean, a lot of people. Baldilly, you know. Um, there's a lot of. Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Andro was in our class. You know, the, we had a. Um, it was a great class. I mean, there's a lot of guys still on the job, believe it or not. You know, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys from SOC, you know, like um, uh, um, Spindor, uh, Eric LaHoda, you know, you know, Pat Gorman. He's not in SOC though, he's a um, but um, a lot of guys, yeah, it's a good class. All right, so you get the lucky call to go to 292. Obviously, you really didn't know anybody at the time, yeah, right? the same with me, like, yeah, and, yeah, no, I, I, you're right, I didn't. And it's funny thing is because my class we did the uh, 14 weeks, right? So we did 10 weeks in the academy, then we went to a, a temporary house for the, the, I mean, you guys probably remember this, but I'll just say it for the. The, the audience or whatever but it's like uh you know we, we got sent to temporary houses where we did seven weeks in the engine cross the floor and then did seven weeks oh, I, I don't even remember that yeah because they did it, it they started it before 9 11 it was supposed to be the new thing and then 9 11 ended it you know but uh my mm -hmm. class was the only one that did it the way it was intended which it, it wasn't the best program i'm going to be honest you know but um but we uh we went for those three months and then we went back to the academy for three weeks and when we went back to the academy they, they didn't know what to do with us because they're like well you've already been in the you know so so anyways then then we then we got our permanent where did you go oh, that was, that was... 254 and 153 you know the avenue you watchdogs it was an amazing house i had a great time there yeah i got some great ex great experience i you know probably only had like three fires or so but good ones you know yeah and, and uh yeah, it was a great, great experience. And what are they uh, exactly two fifty four and one fifty. They're on uh, Avenue U and uh, I forget now. I can't think of the um the street. That's it. They're on the corner there. But uh, because I, you know, I I didn't work in Brooklyn except for the, that little brief period. So I, okay. I don't. Yeah. And what what companies did they run in with over there? Well, like the um, shit, like the highway and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I worked in a highway once. I did. Yeah. yeah, and um. And then when I was there, that was when a Father's Day happened. You know, I was I was in I was in that house at that time. And so when I, uh, you know, and so Father's Day for people that don't know was the fire where uh, two guys from Rescue Four and then the one guy from One Sixty Three, you know, were killed in the. <clears throat> and, and, um, yeah. So for me, getting a sign there. I mean, Harry Ford, Brian Fahey, and yes. uh, John Downey. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah Downey. Downey yeah. <clears throat> Which I never met those guys, but I heard so many stories about them as soon as I got there, of course. But I was you know, like, I, me, I was here's I'm, I'm this young, doe eyed kid, you know, and I was, uh, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to this house. I mean, it's, what's that going to be like? You know, these guys just lost, you know. What month did you get there, bro? Well, I got there in July, you know, in the oh, right yeah, 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 it was probably like three or four weeks ahead. I forget how many exactly how long, you know, and then and then two months after that was 9 11, you know, so it was like a house that was reeling, and then all of a sudden they were reeling even harder, you know, so right, but um. How would you get along with the guys in rescue when you got there? Well, how did, how was that whole relationship anyway between two ninety two and the rescue? The thing is, like, I'm not a hater; I'm a lover. You know, like you know, like the fire department. There's the haters and the lovers. I, I love everybody except for a few, there's a few people. I'm not going to name their names, but there's a few people that I actually. Uh, I mean, oh yeah, Engman is is the top of the list. You hear me, Engman? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that prick, you know. But I would, no, um. Uh, no, but, but there's a, uh, you know, so, so I, I got along great with those guys and I was in on their drills and stuff like that. So they really liked me, you know, like, uh, I got to really like Bronco a lot. I mean, he was like, uh, he yeah. was, just, you know, the, 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 I caught he was just like the, that gentle teddy bear giant, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, I remember, uh, like that, um, the under the bridge party that, that they used to have where like, you, you know, I mean, of course you guys remember that where the, under the Brooklyn and, um, yeah. and 
And of course, we fucked yeah, 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 you always have a tendency. That's the best party. It was like a ratio yeah. of like nine women to one guy. Oh, yeah. And we got to go and fuck it up. Yeah. Like, like the fuck. ski race. We probably fucked up because that summer, two fucking probies that had, after my probie class, and I was still a probie, that, I think it was that same year, they tried to swim to fucking Manhattan. Oh. <laughs> Remember that? That's what, that's what happened. And then, and then, Interesting story. Uh, Jim O'Kelly was the battalion chief that ended up like, being in charge of getting them fished out of the, the river. Exactly. Really? So, so he had great stories about like dropping them off, keeping them out of the, the limelight. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, dude, that was a that was the best party ever. It was, it was, I think, it was who, who did it? 204 or 20. I don't remember what companies did it. Yeah, it might, was it the Happy Hookers or, or I guess whatever they're called now? No, it wasn't the Happy Hookers. The, uh, I forget who it was, but it was right under the Brooklyn Bridge. And like I said, they would go into Manhattan and Brooklyn and drop all of the leaflets full of nurses. And it was like nine women. Yeah. One of the only times in FDNY thing, it wasn't a hot dog party. It was like nine chicks to every <laughs> one fireman. Right. And of course, we got to fuck it up. Yep. We always fuck it up. But, but I, you know, like I, I was so that 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 party that summer, you know, um, I think I was in 292 for a week at that time or something like that. And to, at that time, Bronco was just this giant, you know, you know, scary guy for a probie or whatever. And, you know, so I'm at the party and I spot him. I see him. I'm like, oh, shit, that's that guy on Bronco, you know, and stuff. And, and, you know, I don't think he's going to say anything to me. You know, I'm figuring I'm just like the probie, you know, don't be, don't, you know, be seen, don't be heard kind of a thing or whatever. And he, like, he, it was like the Red Sea. He just parted the crowd and came, just made a beeline toward me and just put his arm around me. And he just, like, you know, he just like took me under that, that giant wing of his and stuff. I mean, he was just such a great guy, you know. Yeah, picture of him when he was a probie, right, Gons? No, the only one I have is the uh, squad pick, unless that. Uh, other no, I picture. saw a picture with the pumpkin on his head. Yeah, that was the uh, the World Trade Center picture. Oh, this one, that one there. Yeah, look at that young, rich Naviaski. Yeah, even yeah, even covered in all that shit, I was handsome as hell, wasn't I? You were too. Oh, you yeah. were. Hollywood should have found him. Speaking of Scotty Bjork, I mean, he couldn't have pulled me along with him. I could have been a star, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as uh, James Beach you said, engine 205, Brooklyn Bridge party, oh, Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, yep. Um, all right, so uh, what QC Beast had that question about the Brotherhood documentary, Rich, were you what, in that? Which one was the brother? I, I forget which one that one I, There was one that I don't know, it was if it was with the uh, squad 252, uh, Metcalf, I believe, was uh, oh, yeah, I might have been, I don't remember now because i i actually a girl that was working on it was an old friend of mine so like i i don't remember if i was in that one though or not there was the uh there was the one i used to try to hide kind of high believe it or not because now like i'm like hey limelight where are you you know but like i, I was I, I would try to uh you know hide from the cameras and stuff but they they had cameras in there where there it was a follow-up to a um i forget what one of those news shows that the you know whatever it was and and it was it was like kind of like a follow-up to after the um father's day fire and and you know now they're going back and talking to mike milner was like prominent in it um and then it, and uh like they had like thanksgiving dinner with uh, you know thanksgiving in the firehouse with all the um you know the wise the dateline special then that was yeah the yeah special that's... that they had with them yeah. yeah you can spot me in a couple spots there you know uh, yeah. you mean other producers haven't seen you and got you into hollywood bro i mean what's it's going incredible. on i can't i can't understand it i don't know i have no <laughs> idea how that happened. It, might, it might be this but i don't know and i oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i noticed that we got the opposite haircuts me and kevin you know yeah man um so you're working in 292 right so after 9 11 it must have been like insane right with uh, yeah, all the guys they lost and it was, it was you know, brutal you know it was absolutely i mean you know what was yeah. it like for the engine there you know 
uh, you know, the house together or what was yeah, it? Like we at that time, and again, I was not in 292 for a trim at the time, it seemed like forever. It was probably a year and a half or whatever, because I went um, you know, February of 03 is when I went to squad 18. But um, but uh, but we all got along great at that time, you know, because we were going through something together, you know. Um, I know I know that through different periods, you know, when you have those double houses with the with the rescue company, um, the, you know, there's sometimes there's a, there's a little more headbutting than than maybe there should be or whatever. But um, but everybody got along as far as i can tell you know like everyone got along great there were definitely fights and like literal fist fights and stuff like that but those things happen you know no matter what you know you know so you know because we all you know we all like threw in together to you know getting these um memorials and the and the um you know funerals you know um organized and whatnot and you know it was just it was something that we were all going through together and i think because of that there was it was a unique time to be there you know and um but, uh, but, you know, and then, and then for me, you know, we, we had an extremely low roster too. Like I was the first probie they had gotten. Um, uh, no, it wasn't that I was the first probie they had gotten in a while, but it, but it was just, they, they only had, I think 12 guys on the roster when I got there. So, um, so for me, like, uh, you know, at that time, um, rescue had gotten, they always had access to, it, it was like an ambulance. It was like a, a van at one point, whatever it was, but they always had a vehicle that was going every morning down to the site. So I, I wasn't really, there's was a couple times that I got to go there on duty, you know, but because we had such a low roster, really not that much, but every, every morning I got off, I, I, I jumped on that thing with those guys. And so, you know, and that, that also like really bonded me with those guys really yeah. strong because, you know, I was here. I am. I was, I was, you know, you know, I don't know if terrified is the right word, you know, but like, you know, I was, it was, you know, it's hard for a seasoned fireman, you know, and, and then, but imagine the guy like, like me who I'd, you know, barely even seen dead bodies at that point. Now all of a sudden I was surrounded by him, you know, like pieces and everything else. And, you know, so, and I think that's that culture shock there, a little wake up call for you, man. Yeah, you know, and I think, uh, I think because of that, like that there's, you know, an even stronger bond and stuff. You know, there was, there was guys in that. I mean, it was, it was such an all-star cast in that, in, in rescue four at that time too, you know, with, um, so who are the senior guys you remembered in rescue four at that time? Well, so it was, you know, Mike, you know, Mike Milner, of course, was who I, I love to death, you know, um, you know, there, there's, um, that's, uh, let me see which one. This is the one I was going to see for you with Milner. Yeah. yeah the uh, firehouse documentary with the guy. I tried to show a few guys in the firehouse. Yeah. So, I was trying to see where you were in the table here. I'm, I'm in this table somewhere, right? You know, uh, Hegland, right? Is that Hegland there? Yeah? can't see. It's, it's as big as I can like, make it. That looks like Murph, isn't it right there? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Billy Murphy and, and Lisa. The, the, the wonderful Lisa Murphy, I love to death. Yeah. Oh, there I am, right there. I see that. You can oh, run. okay. I saw your schnoz. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's my, my uh, you know, my trademark. <laughs> I've, I've been told, you know, by an old uh, an old Indian man one time, you know, uh, like a yogi, he said that uh, that I could be a king in certain parts of the world, you know, with this. Thing. Really? Yeah. Well, I should be a king, too. Look at that schnozola right there, bro. Kidding me? <laughs> Give it a break your nose, but I only have two hands. <laughs> been drunken before that's why it goes like this way well i forget which way it goes i don't know but speaking of murph i mean billy was the was the absolute godsend for me because it, you know he I, you know murphy like he can break balls better than the best he's like a ray sealy you know and, and um and but he you know he took me under his wing man him and liam you know liam who'd never stopped you know he was always either working doing a funeral or at the site one i don't even think he slept I, you know sort of guy but you know so those two and um you know you had um i just you know like uh guys that came over right after that like were like ray griffin who uh in and um 
you know richie schmidt and those guys like they you know i was still there when they when they arrived there but um you know, it was, a, it was a great house. I mean, I really, I, I loved it. You know, I thought it was the best house in the world. Like, you know, like they say, whatever house you're in is the best house yeah. on the job. And that's how it felt too, you know. Did you any work there, Rich? I, I did actually, for, people don't believe me, but I got a lot of work there. You know, it was really, it was like a- you know, that neighborhood from when I got there in 81. Did a little bit of work, but their work has picked up yeah. over, the, over the years. I think that the neighborhood became more congested. A lot more people living in it. Yeah. Yeah, you cross over Queens Boulevard and it's all Hispanic. Yesterday on this side, it's all Asian. Yeah, no, it's it's true. You know, you got these, you know, it's definitely like, a, it's almost like you're walking into, um, you know, like like you say, like little, you know, little Mexico and little like, you know, like they're just, you know, communities or whatever, but, you know, but poor communities of of, of such. And, um, you know, um, like, you know, the best nozzle job I had in my entire career was in one of my last tours that I worked there. And, you know, we, we, uh, we turn out, uh, you remember Al Rotundi, he was our Lieutenant at the time. And it's remember the name. Absolute maniac. One of the, one of the funnest guys to work with. I love, I loved working with them, but, uh, but we, um, we, we pull up on whatever it was 60, whatever it's street or Avenue or whatever the hell, you know, Queens is as confusing as it gets, but, um, but, and, and, you know, he's, he's like, he gave a second alarm on arrival. It's like the whole house is just blowing with, fire the house next door is on fire from you know the siding and stuff and you know so we kind of hit the and i had the nozzle you know so you know they, they were mad because they had given me the nozzle because i was leaving but like uh but anyways you know so we go in there we, we uh you know put out all this fire i didn't even realize i lost my helmet in the door you know you know don't tell your brother you know <laughs> you, you know kevin for people that don't know kevin's brother was like the at, when i was there he was i believe it was a division commander of uh the 14th you know and um but uh, you know, so I didn't obviously didn't have a chin strap on. I I had no idea I didn't have a helmet on until my my buddy's like, "Who's this?" And he said, <laughs> "I found your helmet." Oh, thanks. You know, but uh, but so anyway, you know, we get the whole first floor out. We get we make our way up the stairs. We're you know half the second floor is going, and and then um we open one door and there's a, a pit bull in there, you know, and alive, you know, and uh and another dog that sadly was not alive, you know, and um and so we kind of shut the door and we finish our thing and uh, we get relieved on the line like the attic was going to the you know we we the the second new company went and put the attic out and stuff and and we go outside and uh and albert tundi says hey richie you want to get on you want to get your picture in the paper i said well what do you mean he goes how do you feel about going and getting that dog out of the uh the, i said i'll get the dog sure <laughs> so, I, so i go inside and uh and i go in and i open the door and this scary looking pit bull but yeah but i can see him i said easy boy and he kind of wagged his ass because he's you know he saw that i was you know he dog was probably freaking out you know and um and I like I kind of scooped up this dog probably weighed 70 pounds, you know. And I remember like the chief and everybody plastered to the wall as I'm coming down, going down the stairs. And and I and I and oh so I'm sorry. So Rotundi had said he's like, because there's a, a photographer from the uh I forget if it was the Daily News or the Post or whatever. And he said he's gonna get your picture when you come out. So I was like, Great, you know. So I get out, I'm all acting just like I'm just doing my job, and I I kind of pause on the porch, just like looking around, particularly, you know, as, as if I'm you know, whatever. And I look at like I kind of spot. <clears throat> So I'm just kind of look, acting like I'm just like assessing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and as, it's, as I see the photographer raising his camera, the, I, it's it's really actually terrible. But the the poor guy who had just lost everything, you know, the guy who owned the house, he dove on this cameraman and just tackled him to the ground. The cops had to pull him off and everything. So he never got the picture. But, but and I I can't really. What can I say? Because this poor guy had just lost everything, and he sees someone taking a picture of his uh, of his loss and everything, and. Uh, but I was mad because I was like, I was already envisioning a moment in the sun, bro. He took it away from me. Yeah, I was envisioning it, you know, on my parents' wall for the rest of their lives and stuff like that, you know. But, 
So with only a year and a half, what makes you decide you want to go to squad 18 and why 18? You know, sometimes people look and they say, you know, that guy's got something special. And <laughs> now just kidding. But, uh, but, 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 uh, Steve, hey, McCoy, you see? <laughs> they find out later that it's not true, you know, but, uh, but Steve Mikulich was, who was a, a firefighter in, in rescue floor at that time. And he got promoted to squad 18 and, and, you know, of course all the, squad guys you you know better than anybody you know like uh you know like all the squads and rescues you know we're so um uh decimated from, yeah. from 9 11 you know so he said richie why don't you come over to squad 18 we need guys and i said well, i only got two years on the job he goes doesn't matter we'll teach you everything you need to know and uh so you know i i said well let me let me get back to you you know i, I should have just said yes right away but i was like let me get back to you and i i went and i asked all the guys in rescue and and the engine you know and and all the guys it's funny because all the guys in the rescue to a t were just like don't even you know, don't even think about it. Just go, you know, go like tomorrow or whatever. And like the guys in the engine, some of them said that. And, and so, and like, you know, I think it was Sean McPherson, actually, you mentioned before, you know, who, who said to me, I forget if it was him or not. I think it was though. He said, he said, Richie, what you should really do. And in retrospect, he was totally right. Except for that. I wound up having the exact career that I wanted. I mean, I, I loved, I loved working in squad 18 from day one to the last day. But, um, but he said, well, you should do, you should do, you know, do a few more years in the engine then transfer into a, a busy truck, you know, get the experience on both sides and then, and then go into sock. And, and he was actually right, you know, but the thing was, you know, they just, they needed guys, you know, and, and, um, and so like when I got there, that's what, that's how much time everybody had on at that time. We, you know, we all had two, three, one guy, um, you know, came on, he was still at a proby patch on his helmet, you know, and, um, but, but we wound up, you know, all working together for like, 15 years or so together and stuff. And we just, we got, and I mean, like I say, like Kevin and, and Ray, both of you guys, I mean, in, in a different way, cause you were a little more Ray, you were much more senior and, and Kev, I, I forget when you got on, but I know you were much more senior than me, you know? And so, but, um, but you know, these, all these young guys coming in, it's just like, you kind of, you built that, that house back from like, from, you know, from this massive awful thing that had happened to it. And, uh, and it's like, it was like a, a real point of pride. And, and, you know, I always had that point of pride. I, I will love squad 18 to my dying day. You know, I, I mean, honestly, I love all the sock companies to my dying day, you know, but who, um, who was the captain there when you went there? It was Mike Donovan, the great Mike Donovan, you know, and then great guy. Uh, the, the, uh, another legendary guy, 102 right. Flyman. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, and then, I forget where he was lieutenant. Worked a long time in the union. I think he's still working at the union. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. He's, he's, he's worked away. Yeah, and then um, and then when he, you know, he his back was messed up, and so he got out that summer, and then uh, and then uh, Tom O'Brien after that, you know, and then uh, and then oh, got T.O. Yeah. I forgot about T.O. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seventy six guy, I think. Right, yeah. he was a seventy six lieutenant. Was it uh, Brian Smith, uh, uh, captain there also? And then, and then Captain Captain Smith for a while, actually, for, yeah. for my longest time. He and, was a funny guy, man. He yes, guy. probably the smartest guy, you know, operationally on the job. You know, I, I don't know about anything else, but <laughs> but the job itself, he knew like you know as as good as anybody. You know, just it's just so sharp. He, um, he was up, he was up in the Bronx. He was a fireman up in the Bronx. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's great. I love him to death. He drove me crazy when he was my captain <laughs> half the time. But you know, we, we used to butt heads here and there. But like, but we 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 have a lot of love for each other, you know. Um, but at the time that we didn't always have that love, you know, we got into a few a few screaming matches, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, but you know, I mean, I you know, I, I I'll tell you a funny story because um, you know, some of the guys that are listening that know me will love this one because uh, you know, I had this reputation of being a bad driver, you know, when I got when I went to chauffeur school, but it was only because I never drove, you know, like I, you know, you go to chauffeur school and then you know a year goes by and you've driven like five times, you know, it's like you're supposed to remember what you're doing, you know. So like um so anyways, I, I it's it was St. Patrick's Day and it was a snowy St. Patrick's Day and I wind up 
driving the, the I forget if it was a 24 if it was just the night and it was an overtime tour and um and so like I'm uh, you know I pull on to you know you know I, I like I wasn't that good at the time I'm not gonna say I was but like I wind up taking the side mirror off of a car which how many billion times does that happen right but, yeah, but that never happened right wow. so he, <laughs> that, I never did that. That never happened. Right? Yeah. Garbage yeah. cans on the other hand. That's another story. Oh, <laughs> come on! He was, he was so fucking pissed. And so yeah, so we get back to the quarters. It's like three in the morning, and he starts bawling me out. And so, and now it's just like I've had enough. And so now I'm bawling back, and you know we're like we're like nose to nose. He's like, "You'll never drive again." And and sure enough, I never did and until until the end of my career. Uh, Captain Bertucci sent me back to Trooper School, and then I then I started driving at the very end. You know. I says, this is what I'm missing. I, I like the is, Who's the captain there now? Bertucci. Oh, Bertucci still yeah, like Bertucci, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, I was in probie school with him, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, yeah. He's good. He's, he, he, he helped me out a lot when I was getting out. I mean, he's just, he's, he really, he looks out for the guys. He really does. Well, what year did you get out? Uh, uh, 21, February 4th, 21. 20 yeah. years, almost to the day, right? Not almost to the day, to the minute. It was to the day, yeah. To the minute, yeah. <laughs> to the second. Right now, I, I watched. I watched that nine o'clock appear on my computer. And I, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. You know, I don't. I tell some people. I don't tell everybody this, but it, I didn't feel it coming. I saw that nine o'clock hit, and I had tears pouring out of my eyes. Man, I was bawling my eyes out. I couldn't believe it. It's just like the that the just like mm. the the heaviness just hit me. I was like, wow, that was that that's over. You know, and, when, you know? when when they told me I was done, it felt like my best friend died. Yeah. They said you're, you're getting out. I was like, yeah. I mean, people, people don't understand like how how like how big it is for us, you know, like you know how much you go through. It's part of your identity, bro. Yeah. who you are, you know. Yeah, I tell my wife this all the time. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I was in an office. I was a senior man, but they used to run everything through me. They used to call me at home for everything. You come yeah. in, you come up to you. This is what's going on. Bah, 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 bah. You come home, you sit across from your wife and kids. I mean, you're just dad. You know, I mean, which is an important thing, but yeah. you know, it is isn't it. You come from being somebody in a job where you feel like a superhero. Yeah. And you're running out the door. I say it all the time. It's the closest thing to being a superhero. The alarm yeah. goes off. You get in your Batmobile. You run there. You're helping somebody, saving somebody's life. There is no better feeling than that. That's that's. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're a superhero. When you come home, you're just like... You know, like in Goodfellas, just like every other schnook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, great, great. But you, Lieutenant, take out the garbage, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I used to say, it's like you, you take a bunch of like funny looking guys like us and you put us in these uniforms so people suddenly think we're good looking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the blue magnet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or we go to a party. Uh, you know, I start, I think I'm, I'm telling some jokes or ripping somebody apart. And I was like, this ain't the firehouse, Kevin. You can't you can't talk to people like that. Oh, I know. Right, right, you really right. you really have to learn to tone it back, especially a guy yeah. like Ray. You know? 
Yeah, the humor is yeah. not the oh, same. That was very no, the hardest part about being retired was not saying what, what, what popped in my head. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, I can't tell you how many times my wife says that to me. Like, you, you talk like that. I mean, maybe in the firehouse, but you're not in the firehouse anymore. Like oh, okay, I, I thought everybody talked like this. You yeah, know? my wife said, "Listen, the kids aren't probies. You can't, can't talk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what about some good jobs in uh, eighteen, bro? Talk to us about some good jobs, Adam, because yeah, you have uh, there's so many of them. You know, um, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, well, that one that that was uh, that was absolutely absolutely horrible. Actually, one of my worst days of work. But it was uh, that you know the the favorite days that I always had to working in Squad eighteen were the gay pride parade and the uh, and the halloween parade you know I, I always tried to mutual into those tours if i wasn't working because it was just it was so much fun you know the, the place was was you know it was hats and horns everywhere you know and um and that that was that halloween where the guy rented um uh, like a pickup truck from like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, and then he uh, wherever it was, and he um and he 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 had gone and drove down that bike path just like yeah. to blow people over, yeah. yeah. And then he came out and he went and he hit the um the school bus, uh you know that's how he ended it. He went and he hit a school bus full of kids. Thank God nobody got hurt on there. And then I think he got he jumped out and I think he got shot in the belly. And I, I hope he's still alive, rotting in jail to be honest. But uh but I'm not sure, you know. But um but so but so you know nobody knew about the bike paths remarkably, you know, because it was he they, he rode rode over like twenty something people. But but that was like that was an MTI. Who was the boss? Was uh it was eight. Adrian, yeah, she called an MCI right away, in which yeah, yeah, she she was phenomenal, saving a lot of lives. Yeah, yeah, she was phenomenal. So what would happen was, you know, everybody that was getting sent, including us, was getting sent down to that school bus. Nobody knew about the bike path, and we just happened to be um, driving down the West Side Highway to get there. And um, Sheldon George was was detailed to Squad 18 that day. Another guy I love, <laughs> you know, but uh, but from Squad One, you know, and um, and he's and I remember him saying he's like. Man, what's going on with all these people laying? Laying there, there's a lot of people laid out on the. You know, we stop and we look, and all of a sudden we see somebody waving like crazy like this. And so we pulled over and we got out, and it was like right away we walked into these three people. One one person had like their leg, literally their leg was off, and like um, and then like head injury with brains out, and another person stuff. It was just, it, you know, it was one of those true um. True, like where they say, like the triage, where you got to say, like I can't do anything for that person right now. Uh, that person's, you know, beyond anything we can do. You know, I'll try to help this person stuff, and because it was just us, and we're watching fire trucks, you know, and ambulances speeding past us. We're trying to get them on the radio. You know, Brian Roberts was the um, was the chauffeur, and he's he's on with Manhattan. But it took a while. It felt like it took forever, you know, before we got any help. And here we were. We were six of us with like two medical bags, you know, and like, I, I remember, you know, I'm with, I'm with these um, three patients, you know, and with, with um, Sheldon and, and Santos Torres, you know, and, um, and we're working on these and, um, and uh, the other person that was there since I'm naming names was Sky Shepherd, you know, and, um, and uh, all of a sudden Adrian gets me on the radio and she's like, Richie, I need a tourniquet up here. And I look and she's, you know, like, <clears throat> I didn't realize she had gone. She was pretty far up. So I go kind of running with my bag, you know, you know, and, uh, um, it was when we had just gotten those those mass casualty bags too. So we had those bags that just were full of tourniquets and stuff. And um, and I remember just uh, running past people in the bushes, and I, I couldn't believe it. I remember I, I swear to God, I kid you not. I mean, I, there was someone laying there with their head turned completely around backwards and stuff like that. I mean, that was a oh, kind of like yeah, kind of horrific shit, you know. Like and um and I'm then I get to the sky, you know. And so like in that picture, I'm just starting to cut his clothes off, thinking that I'm going to expose like a wound where he's you know because there was a lot of blood. So I just figured he you know it was his um femoral artery or whatever and and i and i um and i get it i get his clothes cut off and i see he's he was ripped from his belly to his down past his crotch and you know like his you know organs were showing and everything oh my god yeah, there was those nothing. are the ones you can't unsee bro <clears throat> yeah, and and he was and he was conscious 
you know, he was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like aware, but he was conscious. And his, his friend, like you can see like it right behind that cop, you can see kind of a, like a, a jacket. He like, that was his friend. His friend was like in hysterics and like, uh, and you know, and it's so, like, I kind of just, I, I just packed as much, um, you know, of like the multi dressings as I could into him. And I got, I got, um, you know, uh, oxygen onto him. And, and then I, I, you know, I, he was breathing on his own, but then he wasn't breathing adequately. So then I go to open his mouth and I'll never forget. Cause you know, that, you know, trying to get his mouth open and like his lips just kept my finger indentations. Cause he was so, uh, he had lost so much blood that it just wasn't filling back in and stuff. And, you know, so then we got him, I got the bag on him and stuff and he lost consciousness, of course. And fine. And then rescue four showed up because they, they uh, Adrian managed to get them on the radio. I remember it, like Richie Miranda and stuff, you know, like you know, we're all trying to work together. And finally, so a couple ambulances show up. And I remember um, they had, I think, three patients and, and, you know, and the paramedics, including the guy that I was working on in the back of that bus. And then me and um, Santos got up front and, and drove it to the hospital. And by the time we got there, uh, they, they had declared him dead. And it just it fucking broke my heart. You know, like it killed me because I'm, I'm like I'm getting a little choked up right now. I'm going to start, you know, but like um, but like it, it just uh, um you know, it's just like you feel like you're doing what you can. And then when you see somebody, you know, go like that, it's just it's such a horrible thing, you know. But, you know did the squad 18 get uh, recognized on medal day? We did. Year? We got the, um, the what was it, the Thomas L. Sasser medal that day, you know, for that, you know. But well deserved. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that fucked me up. That one definitely fucked me up. That one, Deutsche Bank, obviously fucked me up. You know, I was uh, I was working for Deutsche Bank. You know, which is uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. That was the building. That was. I don't see that black cloud over your head. You definitely have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I was at a lot of pretty awful things. To be well, what, what what happened? Tell us what happened with you guys at Deutsche Bank. Well, Deutsche Bank, when we got there, so Deutsche Bank for just to, for people that don't know, it was like uh, when we we got the that's the building that was on the south side of the uh, World Trade Center site that was heavily damaged. At first, they were starting to build it back up, and then they decided it was way too contaminated. So then they were take they were doing an abatement and 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 that was uh, definitely an indication of how screwed up the city and the whole yeah screwed up how bad it was that oh, they man. couldn't come to an agreement of who's going to do it, who's going to pay for it. So it just lingered, and then yeah, it turned into a mess. Because what was it? Six years later, right? I think it was six yeah, years, yeah. Ago, 11, You know, and and um, and and uh, they uh, we we got the call, the the you know the run because they they thought it was just a fire on the scaffold on the back scaffolding on the um because scaffolding's obviously surrounding that whole building and um and uh and so they the only working elevator was the um was uh you know the the whatever you call it you know the construction elevator on the outside of the building so we just loaded everybody in we go up it's clear we, uh, they thought the fire was on the. 15th floor i think it was if i remember right and they drop us off at the 14th and all the the stairs were were sealed off for the abatement so i remember it was clear as day going into the stairwell and, and um i i wound up i didn't i don't think i put my mask on at that point but i was thinking about it only because um of this the exhaust from the saw trying to cut through these uh you know to to, to access through the stairway to get to the where we thought we were going to be accessing the fire unbeknownst to us the fire was burning like crazy it was just that it was venting out the back or whatever and um and then so but but there was you know something else some people may or may not know i know a lot of people do but like there was that section of the standpipe that had been removed unbeknownst to the fire department right. for, the, for the construction site to send up the the, uh, you know the, the hoses for their um for their tools and um so you know there you know there's no water coming in and captain smith again heads up captain smith uh you know he was like there, there's something wrong with the standpipe we should have water in this thing and he he's go, he goes out we can't get anyone on the radio we, we go back out to that construction elevator step out onto the scaffold and he's like he's yelling down he's calling on the radio he wanted to drop his um search rope down to haul up the uh the hose which is ultimately what they did do that's how the fire got put out sadly that's also how um you know uh you know 
Graffinino and uh, and Bobby Badia died, but um, but um, but you know, so anyways, like we, we're there, we're now we're facing out, looking down, trying to get the chief's attention. All of a sudden, we hear mayday, 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 and we turn around, and and it was black, like it, like it was like that fast, you know, like uh, it had gone to black, and so everybody got so lost because they you know, it was clear as day and then it was black as night, you know, or blacker than night, you know, in, in that split second. And, and there were so many, um, it was like a maze because of all the, the, uh, the, the tunnels and stuff that they had built for the, you know, like the, the temporary ducks and stuff like that for their abatements and stuff. And, you know, and, um, and I remember at that time, so, so we knew, so because of that, we knew where we were. So we were never lost, you know, because, because we were back at our starting point. So now we did just like regular firefighting, procedures where you know we started going along the wall i remember seeing todd smith tie from squad one tying off uh, at the time he was in squad one tying off a, um uh, a search rope and and so like i kind of i started on the wall then i kind of did a sweep with my hand i feel a search rope so i was like let me go a little more to the middle and then i remember hearing like bang 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 and so and like because these guys that were had given the initial mayday had you know found their way uh down one of these tunnels uh, with the, you know, for the, for the tubing for like the abatement or whatever. And, uh, but it was, you know, they came to a dead end, you know, so I just kind of went to the sound. I let go of the rope and I just went to the sound and um, we just were tearing plywood and then we're just trying to open up the wall, trying to get, you know, we kept taking our masks on and off because, you know, it was just, we knew we only had, so we knew the only way down was that one elevator and stuff. And, and um, <clears throat> it, it was, you know, we were probably we finding those guys, bro. Do you know? I'm not sure because I was at that point I was so overcome with like a uh, CO and everything else. You know, sure. I mean, if, you're, if you're taking hits off your mask, you're definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, we were we were <clears> all. <throat> I mean, you know, like there's, you know, I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say people's names and stuff like that on this, but like, uh, but you know, the uh, I, I always have to praise certain people. This I say his name because I love him so much and because he's so you good. Praise always say their name. Yeah. So so, but John Moritz, I'm going to say John. You know, you know, um. He, like I, like he was he, in the end, in the end, when they were bringing out the bodies, you know, so now this is whatever was an hour and a half into the operation or the operation is still going on. But now um, Brian, you know, Captain Smith, Brian Smith, um, uh, uh, John Moritz and, and um, um, Greg Wong, uh, they uh, they uh, they went to, to meet as they were bringing them to, to this elevator. And then they, they get and then they were doing they wound up um, doing like John Moritz doing mouth to mouth literal mouth to mouth without a um you know without like any kind of you know thing trying the edge on the, uh, yeah and, and yeah while 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 Greg Wong was doing compression and stuff like that and as we all know I mean it was to no avail and um it, it broke my it fucked them up you know it broke my heart to see him at how how like, and and John is such a strong person you know like uh you know and you know that you know he's still to this day one of one of my all-time favorite firemen and uh you know but he um but I always I'm, I can never forget that that I'm like you know you did that and like there's very there's like almost no one in the world that's done something like that and even though it didn't bring him back it's no fault of yours but there was a period of time in the beginning where he, where he was and and I can remember he was so fucked up in his head you know at that when we got finally got back to the street he didn't have his helmet because he had taken his helmet off to do mouth to mouth and he's trying to go back into the building we had to like literally like hold him back you know from going back into the building we didn't didn't have his mask on he didn't have anything on anymore he's just like I got to get my helmet you know and like uh like John you got you got to take a second you know like it just um it, it, you know it's the stuff you know it's just I, and I tell that story not to really uh it, you know, because John's probably going to be mad at me for bringing his name up and stuff like that. But um, but I tell it because I want to because it shows what guys go takes guts to do real mouth to mouth. Yeah, yeah. Really I, does, I, but, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah totally. But it just was like, a thing in the past, and then it, it went away for a good reason. Yeah, 
it gets yes. difficult and it leaves okay. a mark on you. And you just, want to take your mouth out and leave it somewhere when you're done. I've done it on time. Yeah. yeah. To do it now, it, it, it's a courageous thing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's like the kind of heavy stuff that people don't always realize that firemen, you know, go, you never know what people are carrying. So when we, when we break each other's balls and we get even, we get like even sometimes a little too upset with each other, but sometimes we forget that the reason that we're being kind of dicks to each other, which, cause we all know that we can be dicks in the firehouse, you know, oh, yeah. no. you know, but like, oh, what? not you, Ray. We were talking about somebody else. <laughs> I mean, except me, but, but, uh, you know, <laughs> with the, uh, you know, but you know, it's it, it, sometimes you gotta like, you know, I, I would always, I have to, you have to remind yourself sometimes what, what what's going, you know, you don't know what's up in that, that, you know, pocket right. up there, you know, it's like, um, yeah. yeah, you don't know. We, we talked about that in the past. We, we had uh, Gary Salantani after 9-11 who were breaking his balls. He was a heavy guy, He'd break his balls. Like you said, beat dicks. But at the, when he was leaving to get off work, he was like, Hey, I'm coming in. What do you want me to bring in for dinner? I'll pick up the meal. Went home and fucking killed himself, shot himself on the couch. You have no idea what's in somebody's head, bro. None. Yeah, for sure. That, that, to think about what, and you know, I've known a few guys on the job that have uh, committed suicide. You think what, <laughs> what made them be so alone that that was their option? Yeah. And there's so many guys that would would not let you be alone if they knew that you right. were in such a bad place. And it's really yeah. sad. Yeah, you know, we just did the Macy's fire last week, and that. Yeah, uh, they were talking about the same thing. Uh, the Chief Jay Jonas was saying that the conditions change so rapidly. It reminds me of that, what you were saying. Yeah. Like, clear as a bell, right? And then all of a sudden, it was lights out. Well, you know, I mean, the commonality is that the, there was no fire protection system. So there was no standpipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like this building was probably sprinkled at one point. That was an operative. And the standpipe, they fed the standpipe at the, the Deutsche Bank, and it was just filled in the basement. Right. Yeah. You know, who, I don't know who actually put that fire out. I don't. Uh, I have to go in and ask a few guys. Do you know who eventually went and knocked that fire down? Yeah, I know, I know that you know Twenty Four Engine was on the line. That's what, you know, but they you know sadly that's where they lost their lives. You know, but uh, but uh, I don't know who ultimately did. No, hmm. you get a lot of wild stuff in Manhattan, bro. Like, yeah. Every time I work the details, what they are like crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, like like when they when the crane remember the crane collapsed on that brownstone, and you know, you yeah. Know, you know, that was, that was I, I, we were on an EMS run, you know, in the, in the past station for just a drunk, you know, and like, uh, and then, uh, Krista Benedetto was, was the show for that day. And I remember he's like trying to get us on the radio. He like ran halfway down. And he's like, saying, he's like, there's a crane collapsing. You know, we're like, what? And we're, it was like one of the only times in Manhattan, we were blessed in Manhattan that the uh, ambulances were usually right behind us it was one of the only times we felt like we were waiting for six days for this ambulance to arrive and finally we, uh, yeah, 288 went to that crane collapse and we got a really good piece of it was, yeah. was this it was this <clears throat> the uh, job uh i don't know I, if this one or not i had some crane we had discussions on crane and then i saved some so i didn't know if this was it i just wanted to share well, this it. Is like, right in the middle i don't know what what company that's that is. 288, uh, that looks that might be it's kind of hard to tell but anyway you get yeah, the but, but like we get there and like they they were bringing one guy who i believe was actually the crane operator so you know the crane was i think it was like 20 stories up and it fell and where the that that big piece of it like landed was we removed the crane operator and we're saying man this guy rode this from up there and survived 
right? Oh, different, different grain class. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was one that was up on like in like the nineties. This was in the fifties. That this one happened like maybe like a half a year. They were close together when these happened. Oh, you know? one was right around St. Patrick's Day, and that was the one that uh, two eighty. Okay. Went yeah, I can't, I can't remember if it's the same one or not. But it, but um, but they, but they, they, you know, we're walking up now, finally getting there. You know, it turned out we wound up getting a huge piece of this operation. We were there for for hours, you know, because there was a guy that was trapped in the, you know, in like a void in the, in the collapse. Cause the entire brownstone was, it, there wasn't a, it was, there was not an, a recognizable wall. Like the, the whole thing was completely crumbled. And, um, you know, and I remember looking, you know, there's a, a, a fire escape on the building next door that was twisted like a, like a toy, you know, and like the, the brick walls like bowed out on that thing and stuff like that. And we're like working right under this thing. But, uh, but there was a guy that was alive and he was he, like, they were, they were talking to him. We couldn't find him. He couldn't see him. They were sitting in the search cameras. One of the only times, you know, that we really like, you know, use the search cameras, you know, for what its intent was, That worked, <laughs> yes. yeah, you know, and, um, and they and and ultimately got this guy out amazingly you know like and he survived there was i think i forget it was seven people that died in, the, in that building or something but uh but the uh but when we get there the, you know they, they're bringing out a guy in a stokes basket and and just happened there you know they're kind of struggling off the pile so i just kind of grabbed hold of it and i helped walk him out to this to the ambulance and i you know i didn't even realize it but someone got a picture and um and that and that picture wound up on the cover of the metal day book that year you know i didn't get a medal or nothing like that i think we, we probably got a unit or whatever but like uh but they um they uh so anyways that that same year uh you know chris body from our place had gotten the uh uh the hugh bonner medal you know he, he for for another thing that i was working out with them where like a, a rope rescue on uh when they were building the trump tower in soho and like uh it was like the i think it was like the 40th floor like the it it collapsed it like fell down and dumped all the um wet cement and two two guys and one guy fell all the way down to the to the street but one guy landed in the uh that kind of like safety netting you know about four stories below where it, it had dumped and uh and you know wound up uh, that i you know i was able to be you know the one in position to kind of set up the ropes and body you know we i, I use two ropes because he's you know pretty heavy but uh no i'm just kidding but sorry about <laughs> but, uh, but anyways he, you know he went in and, and uh and so he got a medal that you know he got one of the top medals that year but i used to always say to him i was like look you might have got a medal but nobody remembers the medals but this this picture is going to be sitting in the bathrooms of firehouse <laughs> that's right bro <laughs> and i'm on the cover i am not you <laughs> people are going to be looking at you they're going to be looking at yeah. me Mr. Yeah. Repelling system body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about this picture in the bathroom? Ah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite days to work. Yeah. I, I kind of uh you know I kind of fucked up though because I put my arm around him and I didn't realize how covered in oil he was, you know, but I was kind of <laughs> well, at least you weren't on the side of his yam bag like Resto is. <laughs> that, was, that was afterwards. That was afterwards. Uh, uh, the banana hammock. <laughs> Did you guys have uh what's his name living right next door to you? Keeper Sutherland, yeah. Keeper Sutherland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For about I think like four years or something like that. Yeah. He would come in, yeah, yeah. Box. totally box. <laughs> he was a, not not always, you know, but he was definitely a, you know, when he got when he got to that upper limit, he was it, it was like he was playing a drunk in a movie. He was just you know, you know, the, you know, kind of you know, almost like one of those uh, you know things on the side of the road, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he was really cool. You know, he was just like he was a real like. You know, just he loved us, you know, so, like, you know, the guy, a lot of the guy, I, I had like young baby, my kids were babies at the time and stuff. So, like, I, I would at, at that point, I wasn't going out as much as I used to. But uh, but these guys, you know, in the house, I used to go out with them all the time drinking and stuff, you know. Really? Yeah. 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 Right. 
Yeah, he's cool. You know, we had a lot, you know, again, Squad ET, and there was all the celebrities. You know, we had Brooke Shields down the street, you know, like uh, she she, uh, she sent those bagels one time, and the, uh, and the bagel place uh, gave the receipt. They, they had written her whole credit card number on it and stuff like that. So, you know, we tore it up, of course. We were like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we sure got you did. credit card here, you know. It's like, but, uh, and, um, you know, like we, you know, Sarah Jessica Bar. Uh, we we also had like a, a a daycare or like a kind of like a, a preschool, I guess you would call it. Uh, no, it was the firehouse. Yeah, and uh, and there was a lot of you know like uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I, I forget if he had his kid there, but but like Peter Dinklage, you know the mm-hmm. um, you know the the uh, guy from uh, uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like his um. His, like he had his daughter there and stuff like that. So, and I, I said, like, I never would ask for autographs or anything like that, but I always got a thrill out of it. I would, I would collect handshakes. I'd be like, Hey, you mind if I shake your hand? You know, but uh, there's uh, it's cool. You know, I saw a lot of celebrities and I got starstruck every time, you know? Yeah. A lot of them down there, bro. Who did I see? When I saw Christopher walking down there one time. Uh, I looked in squad 18. Weird looking guy. Weird looking dude, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. So give us another odd fire you caught over there. And, uh, Oh man, let me think. Um, you know, there's you know, speaking of people running over people on purpose. You know, there's the guy in Times Square that uh, kind of like I think only one person died, but he remember remember he like kind of right right in Times Square he rode up rode up the sidewalk and just started plowing people over and he just and then he hit one of those like stanchions and the car went up whatever. But uh, we didn't really do much of that, you know. But that was but um, let me think. What are some? Because there's a lot of crazy fires over there, man. Yeah, we did all kinds. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, with speaking of one of your former guests, John Esposito, one of my all time favorites. Um. You know, I remember when he was already not, he was already uh, promoted to, to captain at that point because he was my lieutenant when I first got there, you know, and then uh, he was covering as a captain. And we got the uh, this um, uh, Essex Street, was it? Yeah, Essex Street fire where like uh, where it was just one of those. Uh, it's another cool picture I should have sent to you, but it, there's a there's a shot. People don't believe me, but it really is me. But it's like uh, it's I, I had the roof. So I'm on my way up to the roof. It was I think it was a five story building. And um, and what it was was that there was. The fire was here in this bill in this store, and then um, Esco and like Ensman and Nikki Guglielmo and uh, Guglielmo. I just recently I have been calling him the wrong name for my entire time of twenty years I've known him or whatever. But anyways, Howie Scott. It was a great crew, you know, and uh, and um, and uh, so they're they're in the store, the adjoining store, doing a search. So they're making their way in. Unbeknownst to them, the uh, the two stores were attached like a U in the back. So the 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 engine opened up the hose in the fire store. But it pushed it all around back. So all of a sudden they were they were getting backed out, like you know, you know, fire, you know, like practically on fire. But meanwhile, I was climbing the aerial at that point, and all of a sudden, you know, talk about going from clear to black. You know, I was, you know, I was, I felt like I was in a hallway, and I'm like, I was, you know, I was like, I try to put my mask on, and you know, I'm terrified I'm going to drop a um halogen on someone's head or something. So I just, I just climbed as fast as I could. That's when you needed the cheetah. Yeah, right. You're right. Right. Allegedly, you had those. <laughs> but uh, I, I gotta admit, I never had a cheater myself. But uh, but the uh, but the uh, you know, then I, I got to the roof and I just I put that thing on and it was like drinking ice water, getting that fresh. Ray's got to reach for one right there. <laughs> there <it is. laughs> I, I never had one either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you're you're a different age, era than I am, though. You know, you, you had a whole. You know, I, I got on I got on the job twenty years before you did. You, you, you got you What's that? How old were you in nineteen eighty one? Uh, Eleven. I was born in seventy. You know. Oh, <laughs> I tried a cheetah once, bro. Like I remember Petey Brennan was getting up for everybody at a firehouse. So we get a job in the projects and 
I can't figure this thing out, man. You know that shitty smoke in the projects too. And hot. It's yeah, so hot. I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the hallway trying to figure this thing out, coughing my brains out because it's just it's not working for me. And what what happens as soon as I'm sitting there coughing? Rescue four walks by with Timmy Kelly and he's like. You're right, son. You're gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Another. I used to call him the Prince among lieutenants. That guy. You know, I used to love him. Timmy Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was, great guy. Because he was a yeah, four, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, was when I when I was when I got there. It was him. It was um uh Sullivan. Yeah. Um, guy. I can't. I, all of a sudden, I can't think of his for Timmy Tim Saul Tim Saul. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Sullivan. Yep. Not, not not not. You know what I'm talking. Yeah. 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 So um. And then, of course, Kevin Dowdell, you know, sadly, you know, and um, and you know, and then and and Captain um um um, oh my God, my brain is uh, just one blank. Um, from Father's Day, who died on on nine eleven. I, I just I apologize to the world for forgetting. It's just Brian my, Smith. Not, no, not, no, not Brian Smith. Not, not Brian Smith. It's, it's um, he was oh, from one twenty six. Um, I have a brain fart now. Yeah, I, I, I feel horrible. I can't. How can son's I? Son's on the job now. His son's uh, yeah. But, but anyways, you know, so like, uh, it was a great, it was just a great, you know, crew, you know, and like, uh, you know, Kevin Dowdell. Yes. Forgive me for forgive me for that. Cause I, you know, I have so much admiration for, for that man, yeah. you know, um, you know, I never worked with him cause he was still out for, cause I mean, if, if people don't know, like it, his story was he was out from the father's day fire, you know, on, on medical leave and he came back and it was his first, his first 24 back was nine 11. And, uh, you know, I guess it was the end of his 24. He was working in, I think it was working in rescue three. He was working in rescue three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and, you know, yeah. so many guys, uh, there was like, they just came back from medical leave in nine 11, you know, uh, Petey Brennan, Petey Brennan came back you know? early. He just got off vacation. He wasn't due back yet. And he worked for somebody. He picked up a tour for somebody off his vacation. But Petey Brennan, you probably remember from the Father's Day fire because he was big at helping Rescue Four out back and forth, shuttling people. Yeah. That was kind of his ticket to Rescue Four. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and when I got there, because he, he was he wasn't assigned. He was on an onion skin, but he was uh he was in rescue. So I, I you know I did get to you know meet him a handful of times anyways. Yeah. And then his first tour back, from, it wasn't even, like I said, it wasn't even his tour, came back from vacation, picked up a tour, or, or he worked overtime. I forget what it was. He wasn't due back. He worked overtime is what I thought someone said in Rescue 3, right? Yeah, he was working Rescue 3. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, that's a crazy so let's, place. Let's, man. let's talk about our friend Mike Nolan. How was he as a mentor in the firehouse? Mike was the best. So Mike, Mike had a thing where he, you know, he was crazy for Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know if he still is, but man, at the time he sure was. Oh, Gonzo's wearing his yarmulke. Talking about Milner. Sorry, I got to be. <laughs> Keep it going. But he, he, uh, and I remember one time another guy brought in uh, Popums. You remember those? They were like tasty cake, like lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and I remember I'm doing the kitchen, the engine had the kitchen, you know, the, the rescue had the upstairs or, and, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the committee work, for the cleanup, you know, and, uh, and I remember I was like, I thought it would be so funny to do this. So I, like, I took the popums and I, I just filled them all around the Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, and I closed that box up and I didn't think anything else of it, man. And like, man, he got on that, that, you know, radio and he was screaming. He wanted to know who it was, you know, I, I never, <laughs> now he knows, you know, but like, now you know, he knows. like, I was like, man, I know don't mess with that man's donuts, you know, but once you know, you have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that's the uh, golden rule. Let you find the chase, bro. But remember, I'm just a probie at the time. I was like, you know, you know, terrified. Of, you know, not terrified, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I was just, I was still trying to be a good, uh, you know, I, I, it was only later that I became 
a ball breaker. <laughs> so, yeah. Trying to be a good, a good. Uh, the you worst know. thing you can do is tell him something that bothers you, right? Right. I had the locker right outside the bathroom, and I had one of those fucking things that you throw your dirty wash in the little net things. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the guys just fucking around throwing tissues and shit in the fucking hamper. And I made the fucking mistake and said, I said, next one of you fucking assholes that throw something in there, I'm going to smack the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. You I came done. back. Dude, there was like guys wiping their ass and throwing oh, in the fucking hamper. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you can imagine in that fucking hamper. Oh I had to throw it away. I'm like, get the fuck. I made the mistake. I opened my mouth. <laughs> and you, you, you do better, too. And you, after- I swear, as soon as it came out, I'm like, that was fucking the wrong thing to do, man. That was so stupid. That was it. Karen! <laughs> Wait, now we're talking about Mike. Who's that? This uh, happy birthday, well, I wish you happy birthday already, fuck big. <laughs> you missed it. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> there was another time with the, the you know back back in the days before we all had our cell phones in our pockets and bucketing was you know a you know it's like a professional sport you know whatever yeah you know right so and again I, again I don't know who you know how much of your listenership knows everything so I'll just say bucketing was you know it's back when you know there would always be someone hiding on the roof or at a window with a fifth, five gallon bucket full of water just waiting for someone unsuspecting to stand in front of the firehouse so they could get you know the water dumped on them and uh, and so like uh, I remember you know I, again I was not fucking with the guys from rescue four as best as I could, you know, because I was, you know, looking up to them and I was young and everything, but man, there's the guys in the engine. They were out on a wrong. They're like, listen, listen, come on up to the third floor. We're going to bucket them when they come back in. I was like, no way. I'm like, I'm not there. So now they're on like the intercom, you know, they're up there like, nah, if you pussy, come on, get up here. You know? So I was like, man, so I go up there and I, you know, I, um, and I'm like, listen, I said, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you guys are nuts, you know, or whatever. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm fine. So these two guys are at two windows, and they both just as Rescue Four is backing in, and the guys are stopping traffic and stuff. So they're on the sidewalk there, and and I'm wide, and I'm looking out, and then I back away, and then I see the, the guys are just like, I can't do it, I can't do it, and they back away. I was like, give me that fucking bucket, and I go over, and I just dumped it. You know, I kind of where I guessed that I was actually don't tell Billy Murphy this, but I was I was actually aiming for Billy Murphy, but like I I, I do it, and who do I hit? But Lieutenant Larry Archer, and um. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I, but these guys, <laughs> you know, when he was a wrestler, yeah, he would have bent you like a pretzel. Oh my god, he he well, he came after so like so what happened was I, I wound up diving straight for the pole hole. I went because we were, we're on the third floor, so I'm zip down to the second floor, zip down to the first floor, and I'm on the other side of the fire and I run into the house watch. So now all they think is that I've been in the house watch the whole time, and now these other two guys that are up there, you know, Larry Archer is just he's <laughs> He's trying to, it's like he wanted to torture a confession out of him and stuff, you know. So he's like fighting. I and mean, like these guys are freaking out and they keep coming, like, Richie, you gotta, you gotta tell him it was you. You gotta tell him it was you. Cause we were all young in the house at that time, you know, in the, in the engine, you know, you know, except for the few, you know, senior guys or whatever. But like, uh, so finally, you know, after like, uh, you know, he was pissed, you know, and he's like, he's going after these guys. So finally, I waited till he calmed down a little and I go up to him. I said, I said, Lou, I said, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I said, it wasn't on purpose. But it was me. I'm the one that dumped the bucket. He's like, you? And the next thing you know, he comes charging at me. And, and like, you know, you, you, you wouldn't know this, but I actually was, a, you know, a little bit scrappy in my day. You know, so like he couldn't get me down, you know, and he's like, and he's like trying to fight me. And I, you know, I was kind of proud because he couldn't, he couldn't get me down and stuff. And and then he, and finally afterwards, he passed me on the back. He's like, you know what you got? You got nice guy strength. That's what you got. Nice guy strength. <laughs> nice guy strength. That's funny. <laughs> bucketing, dude. Bucketing is a is a profession, bro. It's, it's it hard. Is, yeah. Oh, the work of art. It was. Yeah. I, I, I think I told the story once before when I was in uh, one sixteen truck. 
they were they had it out for this guy in the engine. I forget what his name was, bro. He was on that rotation. You know, we talk like this all the time. Ducky, they used to call him Ducky. For which one sixteen, one sixteen truck. So they say Ducky, uh, outside phone. You know, the phone's in the pole hole. He goes in the fucking pole hole and they ban him. Right? He comes out of the pole hole, slips on the wet floor and breaks his ankle on the oh wet floor. God. Breaks his ankle. They got to call EMS. Holy shit. EMS comes in. They split them up. They put him on the fucking gurney. As they're pulling him out the the front doors of the firehouse. They throw a bucket of water over him. At the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, talk about cruel, bro. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, the kid breaks his ankle, and then on the way out, they bucket him. Yeah. So, you. The ultimate was uh, if you got bucketed with dirty mop water. That was oh, God. Oh. I remember a guy telling me a story he bucketed a guy in the. And the guy had a dead pigeon on his shoulder because, there was a, because it was such an old thing of water that there was a dead pigeon in it. And then, oh. you know, uh, you know, we're talking about Milner. It might be our way to uh, segue into uh, your musical career, bro. Because we have seeing that it's Hanukkah. You want to play it live? You want to play it live for us? Or you want to? Yeah, good. If you, I got a got a guitar. Yeah, you know now now that now I'm on the spot. Now you put him on the spot. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah! The guitar was really not that far away. No, no, I just ran upstairs. I just ran upstairs and got it. Oh, you want me to? Play? No. What's yeah. the uh, What's the name of this little ditty? Merry Jewish Christmas. Merry Jewish Christmas, Mike. Merry Jewish Christmas this, to this you, Mike. This goes to you, Michael. I'm a Jew, and I love Christmas too. I don't care about none of that churchy stuff, but of the Christmas cheer I can't get enough. My Christmas wishes for peace to abound, and for love to spin the world around. I'm a Jew. I love Christmas too I love the smell of my Christmas tree And seeing presents for my family My Christmas wishes everyone gets along And I see it here a stranger singing my song Something like that I'm a Jew And I love Christmas too I'm a Jew who loves a Christmas ham. If that ain't kosher, I don't give a damn. I love Christmas generosity. And I also love my family. I'm a Jew. And I love Christmas too. I don't care about none of that churchy stuff, but of the Christmas cheer I can't get enough. My Christmas wishes for peace to abound, and for love to spin the world around. There you go. That. Oh, there you go. I was, I was, <laughs> 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 happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. 
That's uh, awesome. Don't you have another one? You have another funny one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, give me one. <laughs> this one's got some good advice. All right. What's it called? It's called Two Happy Blues. Two Happy Blues. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling so much my face hurts. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna be singing this all night. Um, you. <laughs> we'll find a way to incorporate it something later. Do we? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it, bro. I'm gonna mute myself from laughing. I got the two happy blues and I'm bouncing in my shoes. I don't want to hear the news and have it fucking up my mood because, dude. I don't know how I'm supposed to live my life. Should I want to live alone or have three children and a wife? The news gets me feeling unnecessary strife while the two happy blues has got simple advice. Go and slice the world wide web out of your life and stop focusing on unnecessary strife. When your laughter isn't fake, you may get a bellyache. And your cheeks may hurt from smiling from the joys you are compiling. It's all a side effect of turning off the fucking news that only serves to fuck up everyone's two happy blues. So go ahead and turn it off the fucking news and find your way to suffering your own two happy blues. One more time. I've got the two happy blues and I'm bouncing in my shoes. I don't want to hear the news and have it fucking up my mood because, dude, I don't know how I'm supposed to live my life. Should I want to live alone or have three children and a wife? The news gets me feeling unnecessary strife while the two happy blues has got simple advice. Go and slice the world wide web out of your life and try focusing on unnecessary strife. When your laughter isn't fake, you may get a bellyache. And your cheeks may hurt from smiling from the joys you are compiling. It's all a side effect of turning off the fucking news that only serves to fuck up everyone's two happy blues. So go ahead and turn it off the fucking news and find your way to suffering your own two happy blues. The good advice for me. Love it. Hot footing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome shit, bro. I told you this man was a renaissance man. I got hey, was... Let me make a plug. You know, I, I I've been uh, <laughs> I love this guy too. Uh, I uh, um, I I've been I started putting out these albums. You know, because it's kind of you, you can self-published yeah yeah so uh so if you look up my name on like all these uh you know streamings for spotify or whatever you, you know richard naviaski you can find i got four of them out so far they, i call them my bare bones albums they're it's like nice. yeah so you know two happy blues is on one of them the merry jewish christmas hasn't made it yet but I, i'm gonna now, do what? how could you not put merry jewish christmas i got i'm planning on doing about 10 of these uh volumes because i got yeah i've been writing these songs for for a while now so i got i got a pretty big stockpile of them oh i'm gonna have so where did you learn how to play the guitar where did you learn how to get i never did learn <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just didn't know how to do it long enough that I gotten pretty good at it, you know. But uh, I really just, I really just have been fucking around all my life and never really, um, 
you know, it really ever since I especially retired, is I've I've been putting a lot more time into it, and so it's just, you know, yeah, I, I've been getting better. And out here, out here in Fort Collins, I go to these um, open mics, which has been tremendous for me. So there's this place called the Lyric. Um, which is uh, like, it's like a movie theater. It's like kind of like an independent, like a kind of hip movie theater, but they do an open mic and we got this whole community there now and stuff. And this other place called the Fox Den, it's a um, coffee shop I do, you know, so it's a lot of fun. You know, we all real talented people, real supportive of each other and stuff. Mm. It inspires you to get better, you know? So, so Mike Milner, one of your biggest fans, says that you're a cartoonist also. He does have some crazy cartoons, bro. <laughs> I mean, the cartoonist is these are all stuff I just I would draw for my kids lunches and it, like if you go back in time not that far like they're they're awful like you can't even tell what they are but I just told her for so long that I gotten better at it you know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> bro give me some more we got a couple of them don't we yeah there's so if you want to see like thousands of them they're on uh um instagram.com backslash it's a uh, lunch bag treasures all one word lunch you should write this on your kids lunch bags well, I would, I would, I do them. They're, they're actually oh, a little like, two inch, uh, like little two inch. <laughs> I just put it, you know. Oh. What's that? Kissio, what? Kissio clock. You don't recognize oh. lips when you see them? I, I, I picked it right up, but I'm a freak. Oh, okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> What's the bad dream? Oh, I got three daughters. I know what that's about. Oh, I know. It's right. Tell me about it. Wow, you got some time on your hands there, bro. Yeah, I got <laughs> to start taking some more time off. Although I am going to hire you now because I am. I want to. I want to write another uh, song about somebody. Okay, got so, me in. I already have the the song. Which one it is? You just have to, uh, you know. Tim's tow truck. <laughs> it's a tow. <laughs> nice, good job. Thank I you. forgot to tell you about the old school tip of the day. Do you have an old school tip of the day? Who me? Yeah. Do I have a tip? Um. Yeah. Wait, not yet. Not yet. Wait. It's got to be oh, something sure. that they can't get out of the books. It's got to be something that you can yeah, pass yeah. along to the younger generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that you you got from your time doing it in 2018, rather. You know. I got so, a good one. It's actually from my day from when I was in my 14 week house, like I was in the Avenue U Watchdogs. 254 and 153 and i got there and uh and i remember like um all right hold on let us set you up and we yeah, get you yeah. hey hey god do you know what time it is <laughs> you're, you're muted i was i uh, didn't want to laugh but there we go yes yeah. <laughs> i do know what time it is <laughs> what time is it it's time for it is time for here we go hit it up the old school tip of the day 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 take it all away right. take it away brother all right well Hi, my name is Richard Naviaski with the old <laughs> tip of the day. So when I was at my uh, my very first, you know, there's that 14-week house, and I remember this one guy was breaking my chops. He's like, Richie, you're not doing anything. The, the guys are talking. And I was like, what? I was like, well, I'm doing I'm doing everything I possibly can. What, what do you, you know, and now I'm like, now in my head, I'm like, what can I do more? What am I doing wrong? You know, it, 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 as we all know, there's guys in every firehouse that like to try to break other people down to make themselves feel better. And that's what that was a case of. But um, but I remember going up to my another guy that I kind of gotten friendly with there, and I said, I said, hey, do you think there's uh, you know, I, I'm doing anything wrong or whatever? And he says to me, he's like, listen, the Richie, let me tell you something. He goes, 
no matter what you do on this job, it doesn't matter what it is. Someone's not going to be happy about it. So I was like, that is so fucking true. Colton went dead, bro. I used, to, I used that line so many times in my career after that because it was just, it was to me, it was absolute wisdom. You know, you're right. There's always that guy who's got to try to break you down because he's probably a shit bag. You know, yeah. he's got to bring you down a couple. Always times. is. Always it's is. What it is. Oh man, I enjoyed this show, Rich. I'm, I'm glad uh, Mike uh, put us on the uh, in touch here. But we have to do one more commercial, Jones. I believe, right? Let me find yes. one. I didn't even find one in here. You right. run it while I look for one. All right, here we go. It's oh, I don't know what's going on, gentlemen. Woo. We made it. Okay, I got one here. So Good. the old school health and safety tip is, did you know all 50 states, the District of Columbia and federal firefighters all have some type of presumptive cancer legislation? However, the coverage varies greatly. Visit firstrespondercenter.org to download your free guide and see how your state measures up. There you go. And it's really important to know. The presumptive laws that where you where you work to, to protect yourself and mm -hmm. to, to plan accordingly. It's really important information. Yep. Yeah. The uh, that's actually we have it down here. You have to. It's it's quite lengthy, but the short version is after you retire, you're covered for several years. I mean, you got to stay with the the department's insurance. Like for me, if I when I retire, I have to stay with my department for five years in order to be included in that clause. Ah, uh, you have the. I, I said we're gonna throw up the PD PD that produces uh, thing too, bro. So it's breakfast of bullets, grand opening celebration. Great guys in guns, ammo, Long Island, one fifteen AE Jericho Turnpike. Is that near you, right? Huntington, New York. Twenty minutes away. Oh, nine a uh, on this this Saturday, uh, twelve nine, nine a.m. to eleven a.m. Breakfast of bullets, grand opening celebration. Check it out. You're gonna it's get nice. You're gonna get some Fruit Loops. I can see yeah. that. <laughs> I can't. I'm on keto right now. Can you believe it? I can't. Oh, really? Yeah, it sucks. So anyway, let me see how this looks. Yeah, I tried to get it bigger, but that's uh, that's as big as I could get it for our. That's uh, the, the old school gift of the day. Yes, it is the old school gift. I just I tried to get it a little bit larger, but yes. it didn't work. Sorry about that. We got Ensman in there. Great job, Nav. Uh, <laughs> Mikey Milner, thank you so much. Last minute. Uh, we had uh, Van Johnson, as you know, uh, but he had surgery on his knee and he's not feeling well. So we're going to push him off further. Uh, Monday, we have Mo Davis from Texas. I don't have anybody for the 18th yet. The 21st, we got Chief Bob Ingram coming on. Then we got Christmas Day. Well, uh, probably going to have to film something. And then we have the 28th open. And Ruffy should be back. Thanks for Ray for. For uh, filling in, filling in. I think Rufy's going to be going away. I don't know if he is or not, but Ray will be there. We'll have him sitting in there. Thanks for having me. I always have a well player. job as always. I, I got to say, I, I love that Ray was here, and I, I wish that uh, Lou was too, because I, I think the world of him as well. You know, 
I gotta well, can I tell you a quick loose story? It's not it's not a happy one though, but it's just <laughs> that <laughs> really is. Is it good? Uh, <laughs> yeah, something something that like a reason that I always I always hold hold him in my like deep in my heart because I wasn't working this day and I thank God that I wasn't. But uh, but there was this fire in the projects on the west side of Manhattan. You know, we were I think we were the second dual engine, the um, squad eighteen, and uh, and it was like I think it was four kids that that were dead in the apartment, like including a, like an eighteen month old. I think the oldest kid was like maybe like nine, you know, and uh, and um, and he was the boss. He was he was covering in squad eighteen that day, and uh, and I know I know it, it was. I, I know that he never got over it, you know, and, and it's uh, and I can't imagine anybody would, you know, but it's just so like I, I just just bringing that up because I, I whenever I hear Lou, Lou Refrano's name, like, you know, it's just my my heart you know, beats for him because, you, know, you know, it's just such a horrible. Rich, thing. why do I remember you from the rescue school so much? Were you, were you, were you detailed there? Were you on light duty for a while? I, I worked there a lot, but I was also probably there when you, you were probably teaching when I was there, you know, uh, I'm guessing, you know, because. Um, but uh, but I worked there a lot, you know. I, I got a, a lot of tours there, and not, not as much as some guys. You know. Yeah. It's, and then at the end of the career, you got to drive the sock chief, right? You drove uh, Chief Jordan. Oh yeah, but he was uh, he wasn't the sock chief; he was the um, safety chief at the time, and he was. Ah. Uh, okay. yeah, so I got my little uh, my little bedroom at uh, at um you know headquarters on the I forget what floor that was the eighth whatever I forget what floor we were on. Ah, now. we're gonna try to get him on the show. He's a great guy. Yeah, he, he's, he's terrific. You're talking about Jordan. He's terrific. What a, yeah. what a, what a great guy, you know. Yeah, he speaks he's, highly of you. Yeah. I told him he was crazy, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So Monday, we'll be back with, uh, who did I say, Mo Davis? Yes. Mo yes. Davis. Yep. Have That's a great weekend, Texas. Rich. Stay. Don't go anywhere yet, bro, because so we have a little thing after the show. We'll bullshit with you for a few seconds. Good to see you, everybody. Good to see you, Ray. Yeah, Jake, Jake Rickson on YouTube. Good seeing you too. All you guys, Frankie Sudfin, uh, Captain Grimm's in there, Schneiderman, Irene. I uh, hope to see Irene back out at Harrisburg. Uh, and uh, what else? That's it. The first show coming up is the Long Island show. That's in February at some point. I'll put the date out there. We have to advertise for them, so we'll soon do that. Pearl Harbor and anniversary today. Pearl Harbor. And of course, uh, the last thing I want to say is thank you. Uh, not thank you. Happy birthday to my beautiful wife tomorrow, AJ. Oh, happy birthday. Love you, Mucho. She's the best in the world. 29, right? She's 29. 29 years younger than me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're 45, right? Yeah, you know it. <sighs> All right, guys. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, stay low and go. All right, guys. Have a good night. Be safe.